What's poppin' people? This is another episode of The Bradcast, starring your host, Brad Gonzalez. Now today's episode will be called The Quarantine Experience. You know, I think I should call it The Pandemic Experience. Now, this episode may deal with a topic that's a little bit more serious than the other topics I've covered, but this isn't anything divisive or, like, controversial or political or anything. This is mainly going to be about, you know, my experiences during March up until early June or late May, during the whole quarantine and lockdown. Well, it's not really a lockdown, to be honest, as, you know, nothing was totally super closed. You know, just essential stuff. But you know what I mean. And the reason why I'm going to be covering that section is because that's when everything was a bit more dire, I should say, or a bit more serious. Though things are, like, kind of improving. There are still, you know, things some work that needs to be done to, you know, stop the spread and whatnot, so, yeah. And before I start, I'd like to thank you for checking out my podcast and giving it a listen and giving me some good feedback, and I hope you really enjoyed the previous episode where me and my awesome friend Amanda talked about the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies and our thoughts and our opinions and our reflections upon them. And I'm looking to have Amanda appear in more episodes as a guest. I haven't decided which ones she may appear in, but but yeah, keep an eye out for those episodes where I may have a guest, whether it be her or someone else. Also, I'd like to mention that that I've recently purchased a new microphone, which means that this pot that fur excuse me further episodes of the podcast will sound better and more clearer. Like, don't get me wrong, this microphone that I have right now is fine, but it just needs to sound more better and clearer. Especially how I'm going to be using that microphone for my online college classes this for the next semester using Zoom. And that way my voice doesn't sound like, you know, kind of janky a little. But still, but still, I want my voice to sound a little better, more clearer, so people can understand me better. So I'm looking forward to that. And speaking of college, my semester should begin next Wednesday, but everything will be online through Zoom. So I'm going to be a little bit more busy considering that this is going to be my last semester before I get my bachelor's degree. And after that, it's either go for the master's program or go straight into teaching credentials. And yeah, we'll see how that works out. And I'm really looking forward to graduating from Fresno State. And kind of tied into, into that... There might be some less time for me because of schoolwork to be recording these podcasts. So I have to figure out, you know, when I'm going to be able to record and publish episodes of the podcast. So so there'll still be episodes, but you're going to have to be a little bit more patient for newer episodes depending on the workload of my classes and if I have time for such stuff and recording. So yeah. Now now that we got those updates and announcements out of the way, 
Let's start talking about my experiences during the pandemic. Or should I say, you know, quarantine, lockdown, whatever it's called. So, yeah. So, I'm going to be talking about the stuff that went down before we all had to stay home. And our houses to stop the spread and, you know, just keep it people safe. So... There is this new mystery virus that was popping up in mainland China around the city of Wuhan. And there is some concern about this could turn into an epidemic or perhaps even a pandemic. And we've had some epidemic scares with viruses and microbes before with, you know, swine flu, H1N1, Ebola... Remember that in 2014, Ebola made it to, like, small portions of the United States because of flights from West Africa. And we had, you know, Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, which is another coronavirus like COVID. And we had some outbreaks in, like, the Middle East and in South Korea from that one. But overall, we never had anything super, super dire, or should I say... Something that required, like, quarantines and lockdowns and stay-at-home orders and precautions as such. Like, remember that, you know, swine flu H1N1 was a pandemic. But there wasn't really any closures or, like, anything that dire, you know. But this one was a new virus. And there was some reasonable concern... Even though that, you know, has like a 99% survival rate, it can still be deadly to those who are old or have underlying health conditions. So that was a concern. And as the months went by, it started to spread outside of China because of Chinese New Year. And, you know, people like to visit China around Chinese New Year. And then it started, you know, spreading through cruise ships somehow, which I thought was pretty weird, I should admit. Then it finally made it to, like, Iran, Italy, which was pretty huge when it made it to Italy. Because, you know, Italy got hit pretty bad by COVID. Then Europe became a hot spot, eventually. And then it came to the United States. And I think the first cases were, like, in Washington or California, where where some of those states kind of became a hot spot for a while be- until it spread throughout all 50 states. Then it started spreading to Latin America and South America, which is part of Latin America, I should admit. And now people are saying that's going to be a hot spot. Latin America will be the new hot spot, apparently. And as all that stuff was was going down, there was calls for, like, cancellations, you know, locking down stuff. And people were pretty scared, I should say, you know, myself included, kind of. So I will be getting to that right now. So during, in the months leading up to March, you know, I kept hearing about this virus, you know, I was getting a little concerned about it. You know, these first few weeks of 2020, you know, were pretty decent though. I, you know, I started a new semester, started to read some more books because that's one of my, you know, New Year's resolutions. And overall, it's had like a pretty decent first couple of weeks. 
And then I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw this breaking story about the first community spread of COVID in California near the Bay Area. Like somewhere, not in the Bay Area, but somewhere near, you know, one of those little cities near San Francisco. I was like, okay, this is starting to get a little worrisome. Hopefully things could get out under control somehow. And then more cases kept piling in, not just in California, but in other states. And it got to the point where college campuses and badly hit areas were starting to close down and send people to online schooling. Not just colleges, but also public schools and private schools too, and charter schools in in the likes. And then we had the first case in Fresno County, which where I live, specifically in the city of Reedley, California, which is in Fresno County. And people are like, oh my gosh, you know, there is some panic. You know, some some panic starting and you know, we were like and we were like, well, you know, maybe things should be okay as long as you take precautions like washing hands or, you know, not coughing on people and stuff like that. Came by. By and cases were popping up all over the place and more colleges and schools were closing down. One of my professors, you know, I'm not going to say his name though, because reasons started saying you know that there might there's going to be a chance that because of this Fresno State is going to have to close down and start online studying and this sent shockwaves through my classroom okay okay for the class we were talking about the American Revolution and that's what the class was about the American Revolution and stuff like that so just letting you know and you know so, so I started feeling a little scared honestly it's like, because, you know, I've seen those freaking pandemic movies like Outbreak or, like, Contagion. And, yeah, stuff was pretty bad, especially in Contagion, where society broke down and there was martial law and stuff. And then I started, some of us started mentioning it to our other instructors. And they're like, oh, I've never heard about that. Or, no, I've never heard about that. So, turns out that 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 professor was the only one who kind of knew about these possible plans that were going to be taking place to close down Fresno State and do online instruction through Zoom or whatnot. Okay, and then one of my other instructors who was part of this writing class that all history majors had to take, which I passed, so pretty awesome, mm -hmm, mentioned that his, you know, his trip to a conference in Germany was canceled because of covid not to mention that Germany was also being hit pretty hard during that time, too. And I started buying some of those mini hand sanitizer bottles at the at those stores that they have around campus. And then when I checked the other, the other day, after buying it, they were selling out. And I was like, okay, things are going to get a little spicy, I should say. Okay. And then... you. You start seeing people going to these grocery stores hoarding, you know, food and especially toilet paper for some reason because 
I would partially blame the media, you know, coverage of the stuff going on in other countries because this made people thought that they were going to be stuck in their homes, which was understandable because you need to have some food and stuff when you're going to be stuck at home. Okay. And toilet paper, well, I mean, unless if you are taking a bunch of dumps, <laughs> a bunch of dumps all the time, and you're going to be going through toilet, <laughs> excuse me, toilet paper, well, I guess you're going to need a lot of toilet paper, but still, though. But you still got to leave some stuff for some needy people, too, you know, who need, like, baby food or just food in general, you know, the essential stuff. And then... Every CSU campus by mid-March was closed except for Fresno State, and you had people joking about that on so on like Twitter and on social media. And then the day before, you know, Fresno State closed, I went to my class where the same instructor who seemed to have known about this started to say, well, it seems as if it's not, it's not if it's going to happen, it's when it's going to happen. So it looks like a closure of Fresno State because of COVID because of all these cases popping up, especially in the Valley, though. I thought, you know, the Valley wouldn't be hit that hard because it's like less urban than like, you know, Southern California or the coast. It's like more rural kind of, except for some urban areas like Fresno, but you know what I mean. And, you know, that started making me a little very nervous, to be honest, when he said that. Not to mention that this guy has kids in school in Fresno, so... He also mentioned that Fresno Unified is going to be closing soon, so... Yeah, you know, I started, you know, kind of worrying a bit more, to be honest. And then the next day, during lunch, I went to the library... With some of my books I needed for that writing class, just to take notes and just do some research. Then I was typing and typing on the second floor of the library with a scenic view. And little did I know, that beautiful view might be one of my last views before it closed. And then I got an email notification on my phone. <laughs> I looked. Message. From President Castro, not Fidel Castro of Cuba, but President Joseph Castro of Fresno State, saying that starting next week, or should I say the next day, or Friday, I should say, the Friday of that week, Fresno State will be closing down, and the following week after that, we will have virtual instruction because of COVID. And then, right at the same time, a, a student across from me was looking at her phone, too. And then we kind of looked each other in the eye really quick, and she was like, Did you get that email, too? I was like, <laughs> Yeah. It's like, and people started, started to notice all around, if they got the notification, it would be on their laptop or on their tablet or their phone. That the school was going to be shut down and we're all going to be going into virtual instruction. With the school hopefully opening up by late April, but that didn't happen. It just got worse. And then, the class after that, I went to my class about the American Revolution. Where the instructor, you know, 
congratulations, he was a prophet. And it turns out that, you know, things came true. And then I'll, and then I got an email notification. Shh, I was only peeking through my phone through my pocket. From the class after that one, that the class was canceled because of the announcements, and he'll let us know. So, on my way, you know, down the stairs in the history department, I see my Jewish studies instructor from the previous semester. And we had a little bit of a chat, and, you know, we wish each other, you know, the best, and... And, you know, God willing, he would say that we all be safe while we're at home. Because, you know, that guy was super religious. He's Jewish, you know, he's super religious, you know. And then I wasn't sure if, you know, any of my other classmates got that email. So I just rushed downstairs, head to the classroom, and there was like two free students waiting for an instructor. And then I open the door and say, class canceled, folks. Got the email and it's like they're like what really? I was like yeah. Show them the email on my phone from that instructor, and then you know we all started going home. Well, for me, I just had to go to the bathroom really quick at the library on campus, and then I saw KMPH Fox Twenty Six, you know the local news station, go up to me, asking if I like to go for a brief interview. And I was like, uh, sure. So they attached the little microphone to my shirt. My awesome JoJo's Bizarre Adventure shirt with Jotaro on the front and Dio on the back. <laughs> awesome shirt, though. Then they asked me how I felt, and that interview is actually still up on the website, I think. It was very brief. It was like part of a new segment. We also interviewed some other students, too, and the uh, president of the campus, uh, Joseph Castro. And then I got an Uber back home because that's how I usually get back home unless if someone gives me a ride back home from Fresno. And I was, there was like a lot of fear inside of me after that. I was like, will everything be back to normal soon? And I started having some anxiety, I should say. And... Then a few hours later when I was home, my aunt rushes to me saying that that we should probably get to the grocery store very soon because you know there's like a lot of people and we should probably get some stuff very get some stuff not just from the house while well, my aunt lives with me ever ever since you know something happened. I won't say what happened, but you understand. But for my younger brother, who is married with a wife and two kids, so we decided just to go and and just seeing a lot of people in line with toilet paper and food and water just made my bones chill, like with anxiety. I was like, like I wasn't sure, you know, if anything was gonna happen or whatnot. Then, because of such anxiety after coming home, I wasn't able to finish up this one-page assignment for one of my classes. But it didn't hurt my grade or anything, it's just kind of docked a few points. And then the next day, there was rumors from sources saying that the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, was going to announce an, an emergency act known as the Stafford Act, which... 
I had to research first because, you know, I was just saying people in Japan like, Oh my god, Donald Trump is gonna, you know, do martial law! Holy... Which wasn't the case at all, just using, like, emergency funds or resources to battle, like, a crisis. Like, this was done before during other natural disasters like hurricanes or floodings, and I know that Bill Clinton had to do it when there was, like, a West Nile virus outbreak in New Jersey for... New Jersey? So, I wasn't that worried. Then I watched a press conference and you see President Trump up there announcing that he's going to be evoking the Stafford Act and he's going to be working with different parts of the government and governors and stuff like that. And this is not to say, you know, this is not advocating for the president, by the way, if you hate him or anything, because this because I'm just saying it in, in an objective way, you know, not saying wherever I like or dislike, because th there ain't no time for that freaking politics stuff and on this podcast, so, yeah. And then I went to go, you know, see my dad, who doesn't live in Reedley, he actually lives in Arosi, California, which is a small town in Tulare County, kind of near Dinuba, which is pretty easy to get there from Reedley. And I had to check if he had everything ready to go because, you know, his girlfriend who lives with him works as a high-ranking official at the Save Martin in Visalia, so they get a lot of stuff, too. And then I spoke to my technically stepbrother. His name is Dean. He works at the Dick Sporting Goods in Visalia, and we were kind of talking about how it was liked over there, and he said that a lot of people were buying guns and stuff. Which they did sell guns for a while until they stopped selling them for some reason. And and the reason why people were buying so many guns too was because just in case if society broke down and people tried to loot or steal from you and you had to defend your family or your, you know, home and food. But, you know, that never really happened during the, you know, lockdowns or quarantines or anything. So thank God, you know. But still, you should use whatever means to defend yourself from any threats. In my opinion, though, that's my opinion, so. Then there was rumors that Governor Gavin Newsom of California was going to issue a stay-at-home order for the entire state, even though he already issued it for, like, the Bay Area counties because they were getting hit pretty bad. But it was known as a shelter-in-place, though that thing, shelter-in-place, is misleading because that's mainly for, like, bombs and, you know, getting nuked by the Russians or something, <laughs> Anyhow, but you, but you get the gist of things. Then my anxiety started to build up a little. More and more. Like, anxiety is going to be a little bit of a theme during my experience, too. Because, you know, I'm, I have Asperger's Syndrome, and, you know, I'm kind of prone to getting anxiety attacks. Well, not necessarily anxiety attacks, but kind of bouts of anxiety, you know. And then there's another rumor going around from the sources saying, like, Gavin... Newsome on the day when that when my dad took me back to Reedley to use to be with mom that Gavin Newsom was gonna do a whole stay-at-home order for in the entire state and then later that evening he he makes an announcement saying that I'm gonna issue a stay-at-home order for the safety of California. Well, he didn't say that, but something along the lines. I don't remember exactly what he said, and... 
my mind went to a into a tailspin like does this mean I can't see you know my dad or my friends or my family anymore unless if it's through phone calls or online like I don't know I was very flippin' worried I should say not gonna lie and then I figured you know it won't be so bad we'll get through it you know Still, as my anxiety persists, I started talking to my friends and some of my family members about my concerns and my anxieties. And they were like, well, it's going to be okay. And the reason why they're like closing and shutting down everything like sports and movies and stuff is to prevent the spread. And it's only like, you know, it's not deadly unless if you have underlying conditions or if you're like over the age of 65 around there. And right from there my life in a pandemic from mid-march up until late may early june has begun so we were stocked with a lot of food water we were able to make some stuff and if we didn't want to cook we were able to you know order through food apps like DoorDash or Grubhub, which saw a huge boom in, in like revenue because of this. And it was pretty convenient too when you didn't want to cook. And I also had a Domino's app because the Domino's here where I live in Reedley, it's kind of close by and they, and they cooked their pizzas and their food pretty flipping quick. And they were very like 15, 10 minutes after ordering and that was awesome. Very awesome, I should say. You mean hiccups. I should say. And then came the first sessions online of my classes. And we all, you know, had to log in at a certain time depending on the class. And we had like a little lecture or a discussion. And we, and we took some notes if possible. We got some good assignment and we got some good things done. And some of the, you know, lessons were changed up a bit. Like, like the biggest one was for my History 100W writing class. Our final paper was originally going to be 15 to 20 pages to just about 8 to 10 pages, which I, which I thought was a godsend, you know, honestly, from the instructor. Because I knew that class was going to be hard, but, they, but he just just nerfed the class because of the pandemic so yeah i guess that was a good thing although i had to condense had to chop down some stuff i wanted to talk about in that paper which i'll probably get to later on maybe if i have time to do so and my instructor for the american revolution class decided to cancel the next book assignments which was also a very good thing because one of the books was written by like a man named Gordon Wood who is known to be the essential guy excuse me historian behind the American Revolution and that book was pretty thick like it was like stummy thick like T-H-I-C-C -C, like thick book like how the hell am I gonna do a report on this book but thankfully those designs were cancelled and we only had like a few papers it about our, you know, thoughts or opinions on the events of the American Revolution and the struggle between the Patriots and the Loyalists, which, which I should say that that guy was a huge shill for the Loyalists, though. 
So we learned a lot about that too, which was interesting though. But I, you know, I still side with the Patriots though, because freedom. <laughs> Anyhow, so and for my oral history class, we really didn't do so much other than just do like get some resources for our upcoming interview, oral history interview, I should say, about anyone we want. So I ended up interviewing my friend Amanda because you know she's like a hearing person and like a deaf world and yeah that was basically her what her interview covered like her experiences as a person who was interpreting in sign language and stuff like that and her experiences with the deaf community so that was pretty fun to do later on and going on to my class about the about mexico in the 20th century i don't know it's basically just go online for a zoom session take some notes do like these one-page papers about an article, and that's it. And the final paper, it's basically two to three pages about either, you know, NAFTA or the Mexican drug war. And I chose the Mexican drug war because I found it to be more interesting, even though it is pretty brutal, kind of dark, <laughs> I should say. So, yeah, overall, I handled my classes very well during this pandemic. And I should say that the instructors, especially my instructor for the History 100W class, really seem to care for the students and their well-being. Especially when I was scheduled for a meeting with him in person, but I got changed to online because of the school closing down. And then he, and after me and him talked about my, what my paper is going to be about and the resources, he asked, hey Brad, so, uh, how have you been feeling? Are you handling this okay? I was like, yeah, I've been feeling fine, even though I had some anxiety still. Then, you know, he also sent out like an email saying, don't worry, we're going to get through this class, you know. That was seriously the sweetest thing I've ever seen from him. He was really looking out for us and our well-being during this very hard time, I should say. Although there is a scare from the American Revolution instructor because he sent us an email saying that one of his sons was pretty sick and they were thinking it was COVID so him and his family were like quarantine, like self-quarantine isolation as a precaution and yeah that really almost made me shit my pants honestly like holy crap it's probably affecting somebody that I knew but then during a class session he says that they end up being fine and they're all better now it's like okay maybe it wasn't COVID I don't know <laughs> now going to some of the things that I did to keep myself occupied besides you no know, doing school work and whatnot was video games yes video games now video games were like a big part of the pandemic for a lot of people especially a game called Animal Crossing and New Horizons on the Nintendo Switch. Now, that one was the biggest one out of all of them because it provided, like, a different world to explore and make your own town. Like, a form of escapism. But I didn't get that game until I downloaded, like, in April? Yeah, around April. And some of the physical games were kind of delayed based on who you're ordering it from, like from Amazon or GameStop or Walmart, wherever you buy them. I mainly buy my games off of Amazon. 
And the game I was looking forward to, Doom Eternal, had to wait like like a five days after the release. Which was understandable because they were doing priority shipping on essential items. And I finally got my game. And man, let me tell you, Doom Eternal was a B-L-A-S-T blast, you know. Improvement, improving upon a 2016 reboot and stuff like that. And I really loved playing that game and it kept me occupied, you know, when I'm not doing schoolwork or anything like that. Pretty awesome game, I would totally recommend it. You know, get these awesome guns, shoot demons and stuff, and epic boss fights, and an epic heavy metal soundtrack too. And a very fun, but honestly, a broken multiplayer, depending on what side you're playing as, so... Overall, it's an awesome game. Another game that I played was Persona 5 Royal, which is a which is supposed to be an enhanced re-release of the original Persona 5 from 2017 except that they changed some of the some some of the story elements and added added a new character and there was like more gameplay elements to it and it kind of felt like playing a different game despite the fact that I'm kind of replaying the original but what made it a different game was the fact they added a new character. I mean, two new characters that ended up playing a pivotal role in the story, and they kind of and they also changed some of the plot elements too. Especially after you, when you beat the original final boss of the main story, and after that, there's like a expanded part after that where. I won't spoil it, but it gets pretty interesting, and it gets very good after that, and very emotional too, considering one of the characters, you know, has a role in that little portion after the after you beat the original final boss, and you get like a new level after that, and some extra stuff to do, and a new final boss, which has some awesome music to it too and there's like a lot i could talk about for persona 5 royal oh, royal so yeah i may have to do a video about that one about my games anyhow and then for my switch light i got animal crossing digitally because you know i was actually started became interested in that game and it's probably one of the most different games i've ever played considering that you're just go to this island and you are like building like a like a town or like a city almost and you have to get your resources and and it was like a little slow pace because it takes time to actually build like a successful island neighborhood and you have to pay off some kind of debt for your house to this raccoon <laughs> And his sons too, apparently. And I actually, you know, had a good time with Animal Crossing. And this is my first Animal Crossing game too. So yeah, this is like a whole new experience for me. And I realized why people seem to love this game so much during the pandemic. Because you're like in a different world from all this craziness. And you're just living a good life, I should say. And for another game I was playing was Call of Duty Warzone. 
which is supposed to be a battle royale mode for the 2019 reboot of Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and yeah, I had some fun with that. And it kind of was different from other battle royales in the fact that they give you a second chance after you get killed to fight another person who was killed, and if you win against that person, you get to go back into the into the battleground and try to survive, you know? So it was pretty fun, I should say. And it eventually led me to actually buy the Xbox One version of Modern Warfare. Because, well, I kind of actually prefer playing first-person shooters on my Xbox rather than my PS4. So, yeah. <laughs> and speaking of Call of Duty, another game was Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Remastered. Which was basically a remaster of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 from 10 years ago. Except it looks better, and it's only the campaign. So I had fun, awesome story, awesome gameplay. So, moving on from the video games, another thing I was doing during the pandemic was spending some quality family time through my immediate family, which was my mom and my younger half-brother and my aunt. We would like watch movies together on the TV, make some dinner, lunch, and I was even able to have some Zoom sessions with my, with my other family members or Zoom. Oh, okay, I kind of repeated myself there. I said Zoom twice, but you know what I mean. And it was fun just to talk to the family, especially my dad's out of the family since some of them live in, over in New York now, and it generally felt, felt like, you know, one of those family gatherings we have around summer or Christmas or Thanksgiving or what or whatever the occasion is and yeah it just felt still felt like a genuine family experience even though we're not in the same room we were in different locations through our computers or tablets or phones and it was very awesome to do that and I was also able to interact with some with some of my friends such as Amanda through Zoom as well and we you know talk about stuff and catch up with each other which by the way I had to record the oral history interview with Amanda through Zoom too by the way so yeah and one very handy tool tool that came during actually became useful I should say because this was around for a while but during this pandemic there is this chrome extension that you can get called Netflix party which you install on your Google Chrome browser and you go to Netflix select a movie or TV show and send the link to the person that you want to watch it with and boom there's like a little messaging thing and you get to watch a TV show or a movie or whatever it is on Netflix and you get to chat about it too. And I thought it was uh, pretty awesome, you know. I was able to do that with, you know, Amanda and some other people too. Yeah, I felt like as if you were watching something together, but you're just not really together, it's just in different locations. And that was pretty fun, like some stuff 
that we watched included the Dave Chappelle special, which Amanda thought was pretty <laughs> edgy. <laughs> that guy's an edgy comedian. Also watched Outbreak, which was pretty relevant because of the whole COVID thing. We also watched some anime. And because of that, she is starting to become a bit more appreciative and interested in anime, as long as not like the fighting types, like, you know, like Dragon Ball, Sword Art, or JoJo or anything. <laughs> so, Netflix Party, you should get it if you want to watch stuff with your friends and family. I should... family when you're, when you're not around or anything. Especially, even if the... whenever this pandemic is over or die down a little so you should probably look into that and another thing I was doing I think I'm repeating myself by saying what another thing I was doing so I was also reading some books besides the books I'd read for my classes one of those books was a book called Dune, which is considered to be one of the greatest science fiction novels of all time. And let me tell you, that book was pretty deep and had a lot of dialogue. But it was worth it, though. Worth it, I should say. Just to read and learn about these characters and some of the philosophies and their way of thinking. And it was like one of the deepest, challenging reads of my life, and it was worth it. Now, now to talk about that book, Dune, it's basically about this, about this guy who is part of a royal family on this planet called Arrakis, which is also called Dune because it's like a desert. And there's like this, you know, turmoil between the royal family and this other, you know, empire. And especially, especially because they're after this thing called the Spice, which is a huge resource in the lore of Dune. And there's like a lot of stuff which I really can't get into because it's like very deep and complex. But you should go read it if you love science fiction. Very good. Not to mention that Dune also inspired Star Wars and other works of science fiction too. So if you like Star Wars, you're gonna you would be down to read the book that kind of inspired it too. And then, what else? Another book I was reading. And I also read a few comic books here and there too through my tablet. Hmm. Yeah, like I like I was reading some books, whether it be fiction books or books for classes. I mean, I was also reading some other books, but I didn't start reading them until after, you know, after things started to loosen up a little bit. So I'll probably talk about those in a separate podcast episode where I'll actually talk about every book I've read so far this year. Just like how I'm going to be doing a different podcast episode on every video game I've played this year so far. So, yeah. Sorry if I kind of dra- not dragged, but... Kind of sounding kind of weird when I was talking about the books for a moment, so. Anyhow, you should probably read some more books, too. You know, they kind of expand your mind and give you knowledge, especially if it's a non-fiction book. 
and some and over time my anxiety started to die down and I started to accept you know this temporary way of living just we just have to make the best of it and I you know started to you know kind of pray a bit more because like I said in another vi- in another podcast episode I'm religious I'm a Christian so I started praying a bit more and you know started looking at some more positive things to cheer me up or you know indeed paused like I said my anxiety started to go down as you know time progressed and things started to eventually open up by late May early June and I was able to finish my final paper took me a whole day to fork on the final version and the best part is is that I got like a near perfect score on that final paper even my instructor said that this was better than all my other you know drafts and versions and he was proud and I was proud of myself too and I ended up passing all my classes which I always do by the way yeah so my overall thoughts on my experiences during the pandemic was it was kind of tough at first getting used to the new stuff but I you know ended up accepting it and getting used to it and I feel like as if I got a little bit closer to my friends and family wherever it be in person or through zoom meetings or just through simple messages and it really wasn't that bad of an experience so yeah I'm sorry if I keep pausing though there's like a lot of stuff I want to talk about but I don't want to take too long so oh yeah the masks we started to wear masks too and and I got some masks that have some cool designs, you know, with Spider-Man or some plain ones that have, that are just all black or all, you know, blue or red or something. And I also have some neck gaiters, but I heard those aren't good either, so. And they were mainly, you know, worn, you know, when you had to go to, like, a store or pick up food at a restaurant. Like, they were still, some of them were still open if they were able to, especially the more essential places like stores. And I remember having to, you know, put on my mask, take hand sanitizer in my pocket, and just go in there. I was even wearing gloves, too, during the first couple of weeks. But then I figured, you know, you shouldn't really use gloves because because the nurses need them and stuff. Or people who work in the medical field, like my mom, too. Like, she works in the medical field along with my aunt. And they're always all, you know, masked and gloved up. So, yeah. Although I was worried about my mom, but she ended up being okay throughout these first couple of months. Although the only issue I've ever had with wearing a mask was that my ears looked all floppy because of the straps and sometimes it became uncomfortable so I had to take off my glasses and had to adjust them and put them back on and sometimes my glasses would fall off because I'm wearing a mask and and I'd look down.
So, overall I've gotten used to wearing masks, and now I've had this habit of taking hand sanitizer with me wherever I go just in case. Even to this day of this recording, so yeah. So, overall, I've learned to, you know, cherish the things you have in life, or don't, you know, take things for granted, because you'll never know, you know, when it all have to temporarily go away for a while, because I know we all miss, you know, going outside, going to parties, seeing our friends, going to movies or sports events. But eventually we'll go back to that stuff. And maybe we'll learn from some mistakes we made along the way. So. Yeah, I'm sorry if I keep pausing again because I'm trying to figure out what, I should, what else I should say or what else I should talk about. But I think I've already covered much of, you know, my experiences before and during the lockdowns and quarantines too so oh i should point out i also worked out too in my little home gym like that home gym was getting more work now that i'm home and i was still managing to stay in you know stay in shape and get a good pump and workout too so yeah i should probably throw that in there too before i conclude so overall it wasn't that bad of an experience and and you just gotta be grateful that you know that you know you didn't get sick or stayed healthy during this time. You just gotta be grateful for what you have. You know that's one thing I learned is that you gotta be grateful for what you have for the time being, even if it's temporary during a bad time or something. So yeah, this concludes the fourth episode of the broadcast, and I know this episode was kind of weird because it kept pausing or kept going on. So, yeah, I hope the next one ends up being a little better. So, I hope you enjoyed and let me know what you think. And, yeah, this is Brad signing out.